Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to another edition of our Ivy MBA Ask the Experts series. I'm very excited about today's episode. Nothing against my former uh, host or co-host, but today I'm very happy to join my two colleagues and I would say friends as well, uh, part of the career management team. And one of the questions we're always asked about is the career management partnership with MBA students. So my name is Lindsay Littman. I'm part of the full-time MBA recruiting and admissions team and I'm joined today um, by colleagues Jen Bader and Rob McDougall from Career Management. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Glad nice to, to have be you here, here today. Yes. Yeah, this is great. We'll try to keep it just a professional talk, but you know, <laughs> we might get uh, sidelined a little bit. Um, I appreciate you coming in today because you know in your time here at Ivy, there's a lot of questions around career management, and I think it's great to get your advice um, using your expertise for those considering the program on how best to prepare and what they can expect in the program. And of course, debunking some of those infamous myths that are out there. Before we get to all that good stuff, maybe a quick introduction on yourselves, your role, and even how long you've been here at Ivy. So Robin, do you wanna kick that off? Absolutely, my name's Robin McDougall. Really happy to be here. It's been uh, now six years that I've wow. been at Ivy. Uh, my role is manager of MBA Career Advising. And I'm privileged to be able to work with hundreds of students over the years in a coaching type of capacity. So, um, you know, our roles have been advisor over the years, but certainly we think of ourselves as coaches and in, in terms of meeting the students where they're at and being able to really support them in a, in a multitude of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Your team provides exceptional work. Um, everything from even the admissions interview all the way through to time in the program and even beyond for some of those alumni too. So thanks for that. And Jen. Great, thanks, Lindsay. Uh, so my name is Jen. I am the Director of Career Management Coaching and Programming. And what that means in non-job title language is that <laughs> I get to work with an incredible MBA team um, to really decide what career support looks like for MBA students. And that career support has evolved over the years and will continue to evolve as the market changes and as the needs of students change. I have worked at Ivy for two years now, just over two years, um, but worked at Western University uh, for over 15 years now in the career education space. And some of my background includes working in mental health and working at the intersection of career and mental health and supporting students, wow. as Robin said, where they're at. And often that includes personal challenges um, and we're well equipped to support students in that capacity as well. Really happy you pointed out a couple of those things, Jen, because I think there is a bit of a myth out there that the partnership with career management is solely career and that it's static. And yet it, it changes, like you mentioned, it evolves. Uh, career interests evolve, the market evolves, students evolve, uh, new generations come through with different mm. perspectives on how to approach recruiting and networking. So I think it is important to, to highlight that your team does take great time every year to evaluate the previous year's activities and who's coming to this class and what they're seeking to get into. So it's not a cookie cutter approach to recruiting and that you are, again, beyond career coaches. I know some other programs have different names for their career teams, uh, you know, life coaches, executive coaches, whatever it may be. But, you know, Robin, like you said, you've been here for a number of years now. You see them through a lot during the program. Um, you know, it's a, an emotional time and recruiting is being vulnerable and it's putting yourself out there and you're there to help and support them through through all those ups and downs, the, the lovely roller coaster of Ivy. Well said. Yeah, I mean it's it's a like I said a privilege because there's there's everyone's so unique, everyone's own journey, mm -hmm. what they're coming in with, the concerns that they have, the joy that they they feel, you know, yeah. through all those ups and downs. So that's why I, I could say I, I truly love this job. Yeah, awesome. Well, and you're 
both fantastic at it, both six years and two years in. <laughs> we, see, we see the results and hear all the great feedback. Uh, so let's maybe kick it off with, before we get to some more of the advice, let's maybe educate our listeners on how does career management work with students? We like to use the word partnership. It's not like a placement agency and customer service attitude, but uh, maybe Jen, do you want to give us a bit of a high level overview of really the involvement of your, of your team and how they work with the MBA students throughout the journey? Sure. So we have two very specific goals in career management for how we work with students. And they're both very important and not mutually exclusive. So the first role is really around helping students secure employment post-graduation. And this is really a focus that so many students are excited about and want to dive into right away. They want to get going on their resume and LinkedIn profile and learn how to prepare for interviews. Um, and we do all that and we support you in all of those ways. The second role that we play is around your long-term career success. And the focus here is really about what kind of impact do you want to have as a leader? What is important for you and is going to make you happy over the course of your career? We know that individuals will change careers many times over the course of their life. Um, and so we want to make sure that students have the tools to navigate those changes. Um, and so a really big part of our job in career management is to make sure that students and MBA students leave Ivy with the confidence, the skills, and the tools mm -hmm. to navigate your career over the long term, beyond mm -hmm. that first job um, after graduation. Yeah, well captured, right. It's a lifelong investment in yes. yourself and your career progression. I mean, there's, it's rare that you're in the same position for you know, 25 years mm -hmm. or more. Uh, those days are not as common. So that's great. So you're, you're really setting them up for this investment to help get that tool belt of success for, right. for future. And of course, a lifelong network with their peers and then the partners they meet and alumni through all the activities that your team hosts. So we have another podcast that definitely goes into more detail on the recruiting timeline. So we won't get too much into the nitty gritty of what the whole one year looks like, all the types of activities. I think the focus more today is let's focus on the advice, um, some of the nuances, and again, debunking some of those myths, um, especially that come around, I'd say, a one-year program and MBA career success. So maybe let's start off with that, that common myth that myself and my team are always trying to debunk. And I know Robin and Jen in your times, too, engaging with candidates, it's a hot topic as well. Do I need a two-year program to do a career change or even just be success with a career acceleration. So let's talk about that. How do you approach that question on um, the lack of internship that I'm often asked about? Yeah, happy to take that one, Linz. And, you know, I know your team is, just before I even dive into that question, mm -hmm. your team is super well equipped to be able to answer people's questions, you know, and so, uh, you know, just to debunk the idea of misconception even to mm -hmm. begin with. I mm -hmm. know that your team is really, um, you know, really finds it important that people make decisions that are going to fit for them. Right. Right. And so this is, what, you know, in our interactions with candidates as well. I mean, mm -hmm. this is how we, we try to uh, support them as well, like right. for, for them to make decisions based on what, what works for them. But to answer your question, no, we truly believe that you do not need a two-year program to get, you know, value out of your MBA experience. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that is because of uh, our differentiators here at Ivy, which is, you know, the case-based method of learning, right. really puts you in that position of solving a real-life business problem, several of them every single day, mm -hmm. with 
a group of people who are, you know, very diverse, coming from all kinds of, you know, experiences and perspectives, all bringing in their unique lens and insights to the discussion as well. So with that type of learning, honestly, I think that's a key, you know, aspect of why, uh, and what we hear from our recruiters, frankly, right. um, why um, Ivy is a source of talent that right. they are really excited about right. um, because, it, you know, of that problem-solving ability and the diversity within the class and the, the level of richness and learning that can take place in that kind of environment. Um, so that's a key aspect of it, but also like the alumni networks being second to none. Yeah. So right. even if you are looking to make, you know, you know a big leap, and then mm -hmm. lots of people do, um, you are supported um, mm -hmm. at every step of the way through uh, the generous alumni that want to give back the same right. experience that they got to have um, through alumni supporting them. So I think those two pieces are um, really what sets apart the program mm -hmm. and make offsets, I guess you could right. say, some of the, the concerns someone might have yeah. about not having an internship. Yeah, and we get, I mean, you know, we see a lot of students that come through interest levels of, they've had a Bachelor of Arts, they have a science undergrad, they maybe worked in research, or they were uh, a public school teacher, they were a lawyer, uh, maybe worked for you know, um, a startup that was, you know, in marketing and advertising and, and not necessarily in state traditional business roles. And so their concern coming is, well, I must have to have an internship to do a career change. And in fact, when you, you know, when we work with candidates, as you mentioned, Robin, most of the candidates that we work with don't have a business undergrad, number one. So there's a myth that you need to have the business undergrad to do a career change. Uh, and they come in from, you know, we're seeing more and more quote, atypical careers coming in or more broader scope and not your traditional back from 15 years ago. Well, you're either in sales or you're in marketing, like one of five functions. Now the function lists are, I mean, there's tons of them, you know, even industries that are out there that didn't exist years ago. So things evolve, careers evolve, but the background is you're bringing in skills and that's what your team really helps with is selling where you've been with your career and then adding on the MBA knowledge where they want to go afterwards. Because there's been a lot of career transitions of, you know, teachers to even banking. And that's quite a pivot. And that's in a one-year program. And it's not even that we so much value yeah. the diversity of experiences yeah. in the program, which we do. Right. But employers value mm. the diversity and experiences. And someone who was a teacher moving into banking has a really important skill set right. is that's going to allow them to succeed in a different domain. Right. Um, and a skill set that's very much valued by the employers and partners that we work with. And I can't help but think back to the partnership uh, language and the collaborative mm -hmm. nature in which we work with students. We are asking the students questions to help them uncover that for themselves, for mm -hmm. them to be able to fully embrace and see the experience they've had um, and how to translate that mm -hmm. to the, the path yeah. that they're looking to take. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's, you're right. It's a, it's a lot of self-discovery, right, and reflection through it and doing the work. And your team helps and guides them. And of course, you're part of your team as well works closely with the corporate partners, help understand what they're seeking, what are the skill sets to help make sure they are showing well. Now, you know, so we've debunked about the internship, not necessarily, and we've been there, we've tried to advise some applicants, you actually would do better in two-year program, whether it's lack of experience or just what their goals are, maybe they need more time. You don't have to have a traditional either career or undergrad to do well as a career change. In fact, most of our students in the most recent employment report was 96% made a career change. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the entire class made a career change. So safe to say you can come all walks of life, international or Canadian, and still do career changes successfully here uh, in Canada. 
The other one I, our team hears a lot, and I'm sure you do as well with your engagement with candidates before they join the program is, well, but Ivy's not in London. And if I want to work on Bay not Street, or I want to work in downtown Toronto, I need to be there so I can run into someone in the street and they'll hire me, is sort of the idea. But that clearly is not the case. I think any given year, the over 75% do work in the GTA afterwards. And companies are willing to come down the 401, two hours to, to come visit us and hire students. So what's your advice, or I guess the approach on saying, choosing a program based on city location, um, and that you have to be in Toronto to work in Toronto afterwards? Yeah, so it's not so um, linear, I guess. <laughs> of, of, like, or it's not so, right. uh, you know, there are so many reasons why you might want to come to London right. to do your, uh, you know, have this experience. Mm -hmm. And one of them is because it is in London and right. nobody else, is, <laughs> hardly any people um, that are in the program are from London. Right. So everybody right. is making this big leap of faith together mm -hmm. into this new community, non-commuter school. Right. So you're all like essentially sort of taking a big life yeah. jump or risk even together mm -hmm. and that I think is what forms the bonds that mm -hmm. are so strong that you really probably probably can't even fully grasp it until you're in it but talking to people certainly helps you to understand yeah. that um, you know taking that leap and coming to London is actually a huge big move mm -hmm. um, for your life right. and for the the networks and relationships you're going to build for your life and there are lots of ways to still get to Toronto. It's just down the road, and right. even career management organizes certain initiatives and events um, to, to support that. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I would just say is be organized and efficient with your time when you're there. Right. Um, taking, making the most out of those times. And really, I think when you have to be intentional like that, uh, it actually does uh, force you to really get more out of it um, when, oh, you, when, you're, when you're there. So I think you just have to be... Yeah, as I said, uh, intentional, have a plan when, right. you, when you do have those opportunities to get there. But really, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. You know, they, people, I know the students will carpool or whatever, right. even when there's not transportation provided. So lots of ways to, to, to meet people in person, um, despite, you know, being down the 401. Right. Yeah. Planes, trains, automobiles. Yeah. Many ways to get there, right? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and you, you may not even want yeah. to be in Toronto, right. or ultimately that's not where you need to be no, based on exactly. the kind of work Good you want to do. And yes. I think that's an, it's an easy, um, an easy thought to jump to. Mm -hmm. Lots of jobs are in Toronto. If I want to find employment, I need to be there. Right. And, and that's just not the case. I right. think we work with students to identify what it is that you want to be that you want to be doing what are the kind of challenges you want to be working on in your career and we build our programming around that quite literally we take in that information and we connect you then with alumni who are doing work in those spaces who might be from toronto right. who might be from other areas and and so part of it is the learning and right. maybe you thought coming in you need to be in toronto and it turns out there's actually somewhere completely entirely yeah. different that you will ultimately go now it's great to highlight jen because you're right it's easy to think toronto largest city mm. in canada you know a lot of people think that you know canada kind of you know works around or centers around toronto so to speak but we have alumni across canada and you can still look globally uh, outside yes. of, of canada certainly it's a different tactic for recruiting but it doesn't mean you know your team is not saying take the easy way up go to toronto it's right here no you know, you're right, you're focused on their goals, their opportunities, and then find the best fit That's for right. them. And that fit word is everything through uh, admissions all the way through the program and beyond. So it's a really important things to highlight there. The last myth let's touch on is around the infamous GMAT score and in success with recruiting. You know, we, again, our team from the admissions side, 
we do get a lot of, do I need, I feel like I need the 700 plus for admission, also careers. We're tr we try as much as we can to say it's not just about the score. And I would say that's more applicable in recent years. I think, you know, decade or so earlier, that score was, you know, you had to be of a certain level and certain companies really had a certain benchmark that if you didn't make that mark, they wouldn't even consider you. But really times seem to have changed, much more of a holistic approach. But maybe you can provide your advice on that common myth mm -hmm. and how to approach the GMAT with recruiting and preparing for that. Yeah, Lindsay, I am noticing a bit of a trend. I mean, it's just my own personal observation, mm -hmm. but I, similar to you, I'm mm -hmm. noticing a bit of a trend. And, and I think companies are definitely looking even more holistically yeah. than we've seen before. The, the GMAT or any standardized score, test score is one small data, mm -hmm. data point mm -hmm. amongst a number of which I would definitely argue confidently that your interactions with other people um, can certainly trump a test score, you know, and can certainly um, offset, I guess you could say, that that sort of test score. So you're much more than just <laughs> a, a test a yeah. score. Yeah. You, certainly it is about those relationships that you're able to, you know, build or connect with people, um, at, at, you know, especially with this program, that's going to become more important than any particular mm. test score. Now that's really nice to highlight. I feel like we should repeat that again. Just so everyone can hear it clear that, you know, you are more than a score. And I, I think you're right, Robin, you know, from the admission side, we're seeing more schools offer waivers or exemptions from the scores or lessening the required score. Because if you're looking at parts of the world, some parts, you know, don't have the resources to provide the education to support uh, individuals doing well and preparing for those tests, as well as the costs associated with the test uh, from a, you know, mental health, the stress for preparing for these tests for months of it and how you feel it defines you, you know, these are just things that can hinder a score and someone's performance. And we're finding that more are seeking, you're right, who you know, the connections you make, the impression you make, how you hold yourself, but even the grades in the program. That's really what, you know, it's like, how are you performing throughout a whole year versus over one moment mm -hmm. of a test? Mm -hmm. I think it's just good to think about relevance for the job you're looking at too. Like, right. is this, you know, quantity whatever is right. the score relevant even right. you know sure. and so uh, what is maybe more relevant is how again you're able to connect with a person like because right. you'll be working with clients you'll be working with team members and so thinking about that mm -hmm. and understanding what the employer will care about mm -hmm. um, I, you know I think are important things to consider right no I think it's a great point because it is like a lot of the companies you work with will host more than one touch point because they're trying to get that fit factor as well it's not just how you appear on paper it's how you are in person. And we all know some people like show really well on paper and in person you wonder, is this the same? <laughs> like, who is this person? You know, or vice versa. Sometimes a resume comes through, like, well, it looks a little light, but they can really story tell effectively. So there is more to that. Um, so I guess let's talk on career success, uh, a little bit more on, you know, consistently at Ivy, your team has done really exceptional work with um, producing such high numbers of um, satisfaction with careers, high reporting rates, you know, high percentage, over 90% consistently over the last decade of working or starting their careers within three months of graduation. What do you attribute to this consistent success? Because, you know, a lot of programs out there can have a really good year, but this is collective. I mean, this is such a force that, I mean, I think proof is in the pudding, to put it that way, that if you join Ivy, you're likely going to be doing quite well afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a piece around sort of like the reputation and the credibility of the talent of the people who are here. I mean, that's part of it. But I would say on an individual level, it's that much more important uh, in terms of just doing the work, mm -hmm. you know, doing the work in all these different domains. And actually, the term I'm thinking of is opt in. 
that. You know, opt in for yourself, yeah. your own personal development, for, development first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Opt in tactically as well to all of the good learning uh, uh, initiatives and programming that, you know, we put out, faculty put out, clubs, the institutes, all of the different things that you have access to here at Ivy. Um, I mean, okay, you can't opt into everything, <laughs> um, but certainly many will, will kind of try and dabble, yeah. and I think that's part of the explore, exploratory process as well. Um, but really, I would say, um, you know, doing the work personally, mm -hmm. using your coach, you know, as right. an accountability or thought partner on that as well. We're happy to support you on, on the things in which, you know, uh, you know, you, you won't have questions around where to opt in or what you want need to work on personally. Mm -hmm. We also really emphasize um, getting to know yourself, and you mentioned mm -hmm. that earlier, Lindsay, self discovery. Mm -hmm. And when you have a sense of where you want to go and what you have to offer, mm -hmm. the recruiting process is really easy. And so we really emphasize that upfront um, in working with students, getting them to explore who they are, who they want to be, where they want to go. Um, and then if you opt in and, and as, as Robin mentioned, you take advantage of all the opportunities mm -hmm. available, um, then the process is much more seamless. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's actually great advice, right, is, is coming in prepared, like having some ideas, um, doing the work involved up front, and your team is, you know, fantastic being transparent on the expectations coming. I mean, you'll start working with them even before the first day that's right. to a point as well to get them prepared for it. I mean, it is a busy year. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to do in a year. But it's manageable and it's certainly possible mm -hmm. and for high for a high percentage again um, successful and i think the way in which everything's sequenced is very thoughtful mm -hmm. knowing that there will be a period of like there is a certain level of expectation around you have some awareness about yourself and what you think you want but sure. i can even think of specific students who um, very clearly knew like from early early on um, but they still went through that process of exploring. Like, uh, you know, I'm curious about this other thing. Yeah. And they used, uh, they definitely used that coaching relationship as yeah. a way to check in and say, here's what I'm seeing or here's what I'm observing, here's what I'm feeling. Mm. And then, okay, let's try this little prototype. Let's try yeah. this little experiment and just do this little baby yeah. step. Okay, and check back in. So, and that same student did end up very much aligned with what they originally oh, interesting. thought, yeah, yeah. Um, but they went through that process of, of exploring, yeah. um, trying, thing, trying out things with the support yeah. that they have available to them. So it sounds like that's really your advice, you know, for those to be successful, for future applicants to be part of those numbers is opt in, you know, self-explore, be open-minded, be present, yes. seek the support. Uh, you're right, you can't do absolutely everything, but there are a lot of front-end resources from career management in the early months, intentionally. Again, trust the process, one of those lines <laughs> yes. so infamously used here at Ivy. Because you're right, there is a not, there's a sequence that your team takes time to do because you want them, when they meet corporate partners or alumni, even late May into June, you want them to feel more comfortable and confident introducing themselves, getting to put themselves out there. So you do work with them early on and quite more intensely with offerings of resources than later in the year. Yeah, absolutely. I can even think of recent interactions with students so they're thinking, you know, um, I've got a. I I, I want to start thinking about my mm -hmm. experience and how to talk about it because I have this thing that I'm looking forward to. Oh, great! Next class is about your right. story, and so right. you know, we very much thought about that, and it's the, like the, seeing them connect the dots around, like, okay, this is the next step. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really cool. 
little mini aha moment. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's in this order. It's like, right, yes, yes we got right. you. Right. We're making you wait for good reasons, not just to put you through pain. Um, so would you say then, you know, in terms of what to do before the first day, you know, you don't want to do too much in terms of, you know, outside of your direction, right? I mean, we work with a, a lot of the applicants considering our program, you know, if they get an offer and accept, the common question we're asked is, well, I want to start recruiting and meeting alumni and et cetera before the first day. And we try to caution them not to do that, to leave the work to the experts coming into the program. What would be your advice on what to do, maybe even what not to do before the first day? Yeah, I definitely have a few in each category. Since we're already on the what not to do, I guess I'll go there. Um, but yeah, there will be lots of time to connect with people. Uh, and we're very much of a mindset that every time you reach out, or it should be very thoughtful, intentional, coming from a natural, genuine place, as mm -hmm. opposed to, I feel like I should be doing this. Right. So if anytime you're starting to think right. that, um, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop, listen to the podcast again. Right. <laughs> no, and just know that you're going to be supported. You know, you're going to be supported. There'll be lots of time to explore it, those things and chat with people in a very natural way as part of the program. Um, even things like technical prep for certain areas that you're interested in lots of resources that we, uh, you know, we work with a lot of external vendors and mm -hmm. experts in these fields. And again, the trust, the processing might come into play here too, right? right? That, that we've thoughtfully sequenced those things. But I think what you can be thinking about doing mm -hmm. is building good habits. And what that, what I mean by that is, you know, um, knowing that you're going to get exposed to all these different business problems we talked about. I mean, following, b building in a regular routine of following business trends and disruptions mm -hmm. and news right. so that you can be interesting and, you know, re like follow things that you find genuinely interesting. Honestly, that'll help you not only just class, but in these coffee chats we've just talked about. Right. You know, you're following things. Things will come up naturally or orga organically through you following your natural interests and curiosity. So building those good habits, I would say, um, is, is something that you can, an easy thing yeah. that you could, you could think about. No, that's great advice. And spending time with your family and friends because when it begins, <laughs> you know, drinking from the fire hose, another common yes. uh, saying around here, uh, those Netflix binges may not be as possible. Mm -hmm. And those two-hour gym workouts also may not be possible anymore. So you're right. It is time to do some self-care, focus on yourself. But, yeah, don't cram. I, I often get asked, like, well, I should take courses. I should do a, change my job before. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. You know, we admitted you as you stand. Mm -hmm. And that's important. And on that too, like, no, don't change the job. But what you could do if you're super keen is maybe put yourself out there. Like, meaning seek impact, I guess you could say. Right. So like, yes. so that you will have an opportunity to try out something, try a yeah. different type of project or sure. set up that learning program you've always wanted to do like, mm -hmm. and, and have an impact on the, your coworkers' lives mm -hmm. or something like that. So something like, if you're so keen to do that, I mean, that just produces some great learning for you personally, and it might just, you know, be a good story to tell, yeah. you know, when you do get a chance to, to talk sure. to people. Yeah. I know a lot of people also will travel before the first day, yeah. which is certainly good. Yeah, get Love some old experience, yeah. right? That's what Fantastic. I would do. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so before we wrap up, lots of great advice through here. I really appreciate your time and, you know, taking such thought and care to preparing, you know, sort of what to share with those considering the program. Let's wrap it up with maybe a final piece of advice for those from the recruiting standpoint of, of your expertise, how best to make their time in the MBA program. Because of the one year, it goes by fast. In the first three months, you think, oh my gosh, this is a lot. 
but I every year I hear from students, I'm sure your team does as well, with, I can't believe it's already over. Can I come back and do it again? Because mm. I, I don't want to leave just yet. Mm. Um, so what would you say just to keep in mind or advice for them to get the most of their recruiting experience at Ivy? Well, when you do, you, I had a piece of advice, and then you just made me think of another one. So I'll try to try. <laughs> you can do two. You're allowed to do two, Robin. That's totally uh, fine. No, because you said it goes by so fast. Yeah. And it, what I'm, what I would like to channel right now is mm -hmm. recent alumni's advice that okay. I think that they would yeah, give. Sure. And that is to really. Um, really take the time to get to know your classmates and form, you know, mm -hmm. really deep friendships from the experience that you'll get a chance to have. I guess you can't do that before the program starts, but being ready to yeah. uh, really put yourself out there, meet yeah. new people, challenge yourself in certain ways, mm -hmm. in, in, socially, I guess you could yeah. say, because these will be, um, you know, these will be very uh, strong relationships you'll have for your entire life. Opt-in again. Yeah. Right? Opt-in. Opt-in to the people like around you. <laughs> yes. 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 No, that's, that's, that's great. It is, it, it's a special year for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think that requires a degree of openness. Yes. And as I was thinking about what advice we might, mm -hmm. we might have for students starting the program, I was really thinking about that idea of being open for those mm -hmm. students coming in with a very linear focus, I know exactly what I want to do. I know all the steps I need to take. I don't necessarily need support. Or even on the other side of the spectrum, the students who are coming in really uncertain right. about their goals and their plans. Mm -hmm. For both of those people, it's still really important to be open. Um, and when you keep that peripheral vision open, you open yourself up to opportunities. You didn't even know you could consider. Um, and that's what we see of students who come in with one plan and ultimately mm -hmm. finish and heading in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And in order to facilitate that, you really have to be open to the experiences, to the people, taking advantage, um, all of the different resources and um, programming that we make available. And, um, and then, you know, when it comes to the end, that idea that if you do know what you wanted then you're, and you're still doing that, then you have the skills, you've developed the skills and the network that will serve you over the course of your mm -hmm. career. Yeah. Um, and, and that's awesome. And for the students who come in not really entirely clear, well then by the end we hope you're much closer to choosing really well for yourself and getting started in the direction that you want to go in your career. Well said. You know, really, we are really fortunate to do what we do. With mm -hmm. we, it's a rewarding experience where we see them come in and see them grow over the year and change and evolve. Yeah. And then as they graduate as alumni, I mean, it's, I always know graduation is always an emotional time. Mm -hmm. Like here they are, you know, walking across, and my gosh, like it's like they're not my child, or anything, but I'm, I'm almost like emotional for them because their lives have really changed. And yeah. I think it goes into a lot of the work that all the key stakeholders here at Ivy, everyone's invested in, and the student success. So, so thank you to you both. Really fantastic insights here. Um, nice to chat with you both as well. For those tuning in, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We have lots more on Ask the Expert with J.D. Clark from Admissions and Mindy Sednicka from the Program Experience and how to make the most of that. So if you haven't tuned in yet, I do encourage that. And certainly, please do engage with our team. If you're considering our program, we're happy to help you along the admissions journey. So thanks so much, everyone.